Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Ideas. Inspiration. Innovation. This is The Game Changer. And now here's your host, Chickie Fitzgerald. Good afternoon, it's Chickie Fitzgerald with the Game Changer Network, and I am hoping that you are ready for this ride. Uh, we are going to have a really, really great show today with one of my favorite authors. Uh, he has had an enormous impact. Uh, on my life, my business life, my consulting career, and uh, he may not even know that. But let me introduce you to Joe Calloway. Joe, welcome. Hi, Chicky. I'm so happy to be here today. Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, you know, I, I've I've read a number of your books, and and you know, as you go back and look at all of the the things that you've been involved in. Uh, you have got an amazing uh, list of titles, and uh, I'm going to let you introduce yourself first, and just tell us about your background. Tell us, uh, you know, you've obviously written a lot of books, so so you are officially an author and speaker, but I know you had a life before that, so tell us a little bit about that, and then bring us up to date. You know, I didn't have a whole lot of a life before that, <laughs> because I've been doing this a long, long time. But I, I grew up in, um, I live in Nashville, and I grew up in a very small town on a farm, actually, uh, really? about an hour from Nashville, and uh, it lived out in the state of Washington for a brief period back in the late 70s. But for really and truly, Chicky, my whole career has has been doing some consulting work and customized training programs, but mostly a lot of speaking at business conventions uh, throughout the United States and, and around the world. And uh, for a long time, it was a lot of Fortune 500 work, which I still do. But I tell you, these days, I do a lot more work with medium to smaller size companies. I work a lot with business owners and leaders and entrepreneurs and um yeah, I really do, and I I love, as I say, I still work for some big companies, but I really love working for smaller companies. And I, I, here's, what, here's what I get the biggest kick out of, giving ideas to people who can take those ideas and the next day, boom, <laughs> put, it, put them into play. Uh, and, you know, that's what of it we're having like. To go through. Yeah, I know. So that's that's what's fun for me. Well, and, and it's funny that you should mention that, Joe, because I always tell people that, you know, really the true measure of an entrepreneur is that something can go from their brain to their fingers, and then all of a sudden it's a brand, it's a, you know, it's a new program, it's a website. I mean, it, 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 yeah. it flows that way. And, you know, I absolutely resemble that particular remark. You know, and I was trying to remember 
how I encountered you. And, you know, it may have been your book, Becoming a Category of One, How Extraordinary Companies Transcend Commodity and Defy Comparison, because I have spent my entire career in what I believe to be the largest commoditized industry in the world, and that's the travel industry. And while there are certainly many, many travel suppliers who are unique and who have a, a really, really interesting product, because we were the earliest industry that I'm aware of that sold their product globally, electronically, and I'm not talking about the Internet in 1995. I'm talking about through the global distribution system companies beginning back in 1978. And I remember, uh, you know, I mean, I definitely had a copy of that book, but I don't know if we encountered each other along the way at one of my clients, you know, someone like Carlson Companies or... uh, uh, Intel, or you know, I mean, I, I've. You know, we. we I tell you who I did. A, I did a ton of work for a few years. Oh gosh, I can't remember the name of the company, but it was owned. It was the the travel reservation system that was owned by United and a oh, couple yes, of Apollo. other. Apollo, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I definitely have. Uh, I, I haven't worked directly with them uh, when they became Galileo, and then yeah. now now they have actually acquired a company I used to work for, WorldSpan, and and they are now known uh-huh. as Travelport. Um, but anyway, somebody recommended uh, that book to me, and I can tell you that uh, I I used that over and over and over again in my consulting because I tried to explain to people, and I think it came out right about the time as as Blue Ocean Strategy. Do you remember? Close. It came out, I think, in about 2003, 2004, and Blue Ocean may have come out just a a little bit after that. Okay. Well, I I remember talking uh, about the Blue Ocean strategy, but the the real goal was to become a category of one, and that was so hard to pull away from the pack when everybody does everything the same. And again, it wasn't that their products were not differentiated. It was the the mechanism for selling through the travel agency community and then later uh, to consumers over, you know, portals like Travelocity and Expedia, et cetera. And and so it's been really, really interesting, um, you know, to watch the impact of that. And and don't you know, as the entrepreneur, I finally got tired of waiting for many of them (laughs) to become the category of one. So I decided I was going to do it myself. So I'm in the midst of my second technology startup, really, to defy comparison uh, in the yeah. industry. And, and, you know, the show isn't about my company, so let's get back to you. Um, I do want to mention a couple of your other uh, books because um, you wrote a book called Magnetic, uh, The Art of Attracting Business. Yep. Um, you know, another one that I love, Work Like You're Showing Off, The Joy, <laughs> Jazz, and Kick of Being a Better Tomorrow Than You Were Today. Um, you know, I mean, you, you have a, a real knack uh, for, for really getting to the heart of the matter. Another one of my favorites is be at the best at what matters most, the only strategy you'll ever need. So, I mean, clearly we've found uh, not a new strategy but a new approach. And this, this current book that we're going to be talking about today uh, is really about the topic of simplicity. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think with our lives so crowded really so crowded and so noisy uh, that this book uh, is, is really, really appropriate. So, so tell us a little bit about how this book came to be and, and uh, where you're going with it and what you're doing with it in, in your consulting practice. 
Well, I tell you, I'm I'm getting more job satisfaction out of working with and from this book than just about anything I've ever done. Let me tell you where it came from. I started noticing a, a real pattern. I mean, an indisputable pattern out there among successful companies, successful entrepreneurs, just people who are doing well in general. And what they all had in common was they had simplified the way they thought about their business. Even beyond that, Chicky, they had simplified the way they thought about their lives and the way they structured their lives and approached their lives. And it was such a, a consistent success factor that I thought, boy, there's, there's really something substantive here. So I started digging in, and I started including talking about the principle of simplicity uh, in, in my speeches. And every time I did, it seemed to strike such an incredible chord with people. Um, I, one question that I still ask just about every time I'm working with an audience, and I'll pose it to all the listeners right now. How many of you can can relate to this thought and would say that you have this thought periodically, maybe even frequently? And the thought is this. You know, I think I'm making this way more complicated than it needs to be. <laughs> when, when, I, when I say that, every hand in the room goes up, including mine. Right. And so people really do relate to ways that they can start to simplify the way they look at, at their days, at their work, at their at their lives. Well, I love it. And and I was remiss in not sharing the name of the book uh with our audience. The book that we're talking about uh on the show today is called Keep It Simple. Unclutter your mind to uncomplicate your life. And this could not have come at a better time for me, Joe. The last few days I've been been absolutely overwhelmed uh, because not only am I uh, starting a new technology company, but I also am helping to launch this new travel publication that we'll yeah. be showcasing our content in. And, you know, trying to do all of that and, and balancing being, you know, a football mom, my, my son, uh, plays football and his team is undefeated and I have to go get the food for the football team at 2 o'clock today. And, you know, just trying to juggle everything. And, yep. you know, clutter uh, is one of the banes of my existence, both in, you know, in the house and in my mind and, you know, on my desk. And uh, so, again, so, so very timely. And you were sharing uh, with me a little bit before we got on the air uh, about a quote, uh, it actually originated with Steve Jobs, who's you know clearly one of my heroes. I've been a, a Mac user since 1984, and mm -hmm. you know have had every version of their technology that's ever existed. Uh, but he said something, and I'd like for you to share that with us. Yeah, let me let me share the entire quote with people because th this is just to me this is about as profound <laughs> as it gets. Here's what he said. He said, one of my mantras has become focus and simplicity. Simple is usually harder than complex. You have to work really hard to get your thinking clean enough to make things simple. But it's worth it in the end because if you can make things simple, you can move mountains. Mm -hmm. 
And Chicky, that was, you know, because you're a Jobs fan, that was one of the real hallmarks of, of Steve Jobs and how he thought and what made him and Apple so successful is he was relentless with his people and with himself about simplified, simplified, simplified. Uh, everything he wanted to make it simpler, and if we if we carry that idea over into the way we think about and approach our work and our lives, I truly believe that it can. Have, well, it has with me. It can have just a, a profound impact. Right, and you know, uh, I don't know if you know Simon Sinek, but he he did a, yes. a TED talk called. Uh, Oh, now I'm forgetting it. It's about the word why and why it's so important to begin with why. I think is it the power. Yeah, his why? his title was I think it was start with why. Yes, and and he uses Apple as the example of that. So you know, coupling the simplicity and and the simplification and clarification and focus, it really wasn't a focus on what Apple could do. Uh, it wasn't about what the product was or how Apple did it. It was why they did it. And mm-hmm. clearly that came out of his very being because if he couldn't simplify life for those of us who needed computing power to do what we did, you know, then, then he had failed. It didn't, didn't matter how many he sold, right? And, you know, that was such an amazing revelation for me. And, of course, I was one of the first business users of Macintosh computers. I was with American Airlines Sabre at the time, and I had a really super creative boss, Terry Jones, who, you know, was one of the founders of Travelocity. And, Mm -hmm. you know, Terry loved giving uh, talks. And, you know, back then, I don't even remember what we were using to do presentation materials before we had the Mac and PowerPoint. But I started doing presentations for him. And then more and more people would come over and say, you know, how did you do that? And, yeah. and and really, it was the simplicity of the computing platform that the very first that little mini Mac that you know had a, a believe it or not the 512k hard little hard disk right the the removable hard disk and now right. we can't even fit Microsoft <coughs> Project on a I don't know a one gigabyte file. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting, you know, it's funny, I, I know Terry, and I'm good friends with his brother, DeWitt. But I the, love DeWitt. Yeah, DeWitt's terrific. But thinking about, and Simon's approach is the start with why, which is fabulous. My approach, what I found very, very helpful for people is to start with this, and it's a, it's a challenging question, which is, what is most important? In mm-hmm. other words, people, people say, well, okay, Joe, So tell me how I can simplify my life. Give me an easy way to do that. Well, there is no easy way to do that, but it starts here. You cannot get around this question. It's not optional. You've got to determine what is most important. And you do that from a number of perspectives. One is to do it from the perspective of your customers. What is most important to my customers. Right. And then you couple that with, okay, what is most important to me? And those two things combined will give you your strategy, will give you your daily schedule. It will make uh, your choices infinitely easier for you. But you've got to get clarity on what matters most and what is most important. 
And then everything else flows from that. And the simplicity flows from that. Right, right. And, you know, it's so funny that you mentioned DeWitt because a a few years ago um, I actually engaged both DeWitt and and Terry to speak at a travel industry conference out in Las Vegas. And Mm -hmm. uh, that was when I first got introduced to DeWitt. And, you know, as fascinating as Terry is, uh, when I met DeWitt, I was just enthralled because, uh, for those who don't know him, uh, he is a, an award-winning photographer. But he has made it his life's work over the last few years to uh, send out a, a weekly email called Celebrate What's Right with the World. It has mm-hmm. no words on it other than that. It just has an, an astounding piece of photography um, that, that really celebrates what's right with the world. Right, and so his he knows his message, he knows his audience, he knows his product, mm-hmm. and you know I would say he's the embodiment of of what you have just described because you know he must have realized that we are all bombarded with so much content, so much information, and he just simplified it down to beauty, right, to, to this amazing uh, ability of his to capture. Uh, beauty in in nature and in people and and whatever he's uh, photographing at the time. He did, and and what he did was it's it's a classic example of simplicity. He he peeled away everything that was a distraction to what he wanted his main work to be. You know, it's funny. Sometimes I'll talk with somebody who's struggling. And they'll say, Joe, I'm trying every single thing I can think of to make my business work. And I immediately Therein say, well, that, that's, that's probably your problem. Because mm-hmm. if you're trying everything that occurs to you, then, then you're dealing with, with nothing. That means you have no priorities. It's like people that, that uh, oh, my gosh, I'll be sitting in a corporate meeting, and every now and then I'll hear some uh, managers say, okay, we've got uh, 14 priorities that we need to focus on. Well, that means you have no priority. Right. Uh, you know, for me, the magic number is three. There's mm-hmm. actually been research done on the power of doing things and thinking of things in threes. And I think, I think a big part of it is that we can, we can wrap our, our heads around three things. You can't wrap your, your mind around, you know, 50 things or 26 things, but you can, you can handle three. And so I'm a big proponent of people figuring out what are the three most important things that I need to do every single day. And I've had my same three for, oh, my gosh, a couple of decades now. And it, it serves me. I don't have a thousand things to do every day. I've got three. Right. And, and so it, it's, that's part of the process is narrowing, narrowing down to what is most important to my business. And then I've also got the things that are most important in my personal life that right. really take precedence over everything. Exactly. So you, you have nailed uh, the three rules of simplicity, but, but you back that up by saying that you still have to come up with your own version of these rules because, you know, each each person, each circumstance, each slice of our life, as you mentioned, both the personal life and, and the business life, um, you know, each have their own uh, set of priorities, you know, out of necessity. And I, I love hearing you say this, 
you know, your family comes first. And when I'm dealing with somebody and, and they find themselves apologizing that they've got to cut the call short to go to their son's soccer game, it's like absolutely do not apologize. That exactly. is the most important. And, and the fact that you know that means that I'm absolutely going to do business with you because, uh, you know, so many people got caught up. Um, you know, certainly in my early career, you know, I was absolutely a workaholic and, and, you know, I found myself at 33 single, lonely and thinking, oh my God, if, if a guy doesn't have a card key into the American Airlines building, I'm never going to meet him because I wasn't <laughs> doing anything else other than that and being on an airplane to go wherever my clients exactly. were, right? So, um, so talk to us about the three rules of simplicity. Yeah, as a matter of fact, one whole section of, of this little book, Keep It Simple, is about the three rules. And people say, well, just tell me what the three rules are. Well, wait, <laughs> that's the catch. You come up with your own three rules, but I can give you some, some thoughts about how to get there. And let me give you my favorite example. First of all, how do you get there? It, it's quite simply this, and I say simply, but it's not easy. You really need to give this some thought. Here, here's the, the way I think that people can most effectively approach it, and let's start with, with work or your business. What are the three things that if I get these three things right every day, if I do these three things better than my competition does them, then I'm going to be solid gold. And my favorite example is an international freight line, a trucking company. That which is, oh my gosh, logistically it's the most complicated business on the planet. But they've said, nope, we're not going to let it be complicated. We're going to make it very simple. Here are the three things we have to do every day. Number one, pick it up when you said you would. Number two, deliver it when you said you would. Number three, deliver it intact and all there. And think about it, Chicky. They've Hi. taken this really complicated business and said, no, it's only three things. Now, obviously, there's a lot that goes into making those three things happen. But everybody in this huge worldwide organization is constantly focused on getting those three things right. And if they get those right all day long, every day, then they win. Uh, and they will continue to win. Um, so it, it, right, it's, right. It, it's this really liberating idea of boiling it down to what is most important. Right. And, you know, again, that, that is so simple in and of itself. Um, but what you were saying earlier, that, that complicated um, sometimes takes less time. And, you know, I always talk about uh, this when it comes to, to writing things. And, and I, I made much of uh, my fortune in my consulting firm writing 100-page business plans. And yep. now uh, investors don't want that. Investors want a two-page business canvas that distills yep. everything down to uh, really a kind of a fill-in-the-blank form. And I will tell you that that, that takes longer in, in some cases to really get that right and, and to know what that should be. And I interviewed someone a few weeks ago who has a similar format for coming up with a marketing plan, and she's got a one-page um, you know, format to come up with your marketing plan. I love it. And, yeah, and, and so I, I think about how much time I wasted writing words 
uh, including business plans for corporations, right? Uh, you know, to go with their annual budget that no yeah. one ever read when it's once it was done. And and as a consultant, that was always very frustrating to me that not only was it it not read, but then of course it wasn't followed. But but you're absolutely right that when you've got you know 103 things that you've got to do, or we we do a, a an integrated strategic planning process, which uh, is still a brilliant process, but it typically comes up with a five or six hundred line project plan, and unless you can put that in the framework of those three things that you're doing that are important, and which which one of those things does each initiative support, then it all falls apart. Albert, I love an Albert Einstein quote. He said, if you can't explain it to a six-year-old, then you don't understand it yourself. <laughs> and another one, listen, there's a thousand quotes along there. Here's one from Pete Seeger who said, any darn fool can make something complex. It right. takes a genius to make something simple. And it is. But see, that's the catch. I've become this huge fan and proponent and teacher of making things simple. But I always tell people, look, it's much more challenging and much harder work to simplify things than it is to make things complicated. If anybody can make something complicated, oh, my gosh, that, that takes no brain power at all. But it's, it's really a feat, but it's worth the work to, to simplify things. So I loved when you talked about peeling away the distraction uh, because mm -hmm. all of that complexity really does serve just to distract us from, from the core of what we need to work on. And, you know, I always think about, uh, you know, peeling away the distraction of, of getting lost in email, you know, in the morning before I, I actually dig into anything that's important. And yeah, I used to use a, a framework, and I, I found myself doing it again yesterday. I, I just laid out the things that I needed to do as, uh, you know, writing down the left-hand side, important and non-important, yeah. and, and then across the top, urgent and non-urgent. And, you know, we are so called by the tyranny of the urgent, right? Yep. And, and email can be one of the worst uh, places where that rears its ugly head, where somebody else has decided that it's, it's so urgent you know, that they can't wait, um, you know, to get something from us. When in the past, um, you know, we were able to set our own priorities, right? And then, then you have yeah. a lot of other people dictating to you. So, so what are some of the, the tricks of the trade of, of peeling away those things that distract you from that core uh, of, of what those simplicity uh, perspective should be for your business? Well, let me, let me give everybody a, kind of a middle ground on this urgency thing because you've really hit on what I think is one of the biggest challenges to simplicity, which is that, that we feel like we're just reacting all day long. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> let me tell you what my approach is. I've got a rule, and as a matter of fact, Chicky, this is one of my three most important things which is an immediate response, but I'll explain that, an immediate response to customers, prospects, or business partners. So if I get an email from you, for example, or from, because I would consider you a business partner, you know, a colleague, since we do this together, or if I get one from a customer, then I will respond to it immediately, but... That response often takes the form of, hey, Chicky, got your message. 
I'm in the middle of a project. I'll get back to you on this tomorrow. I'm on it. And so it's a response that says, I got it. I hear you. I understand. And, and I'll get back to you later today or tomorrow, whenever the case may be. Right, right. I love that. Now, I'm not suggesting that everybody else do it the way I do it at all. It may be. I got a re- It's funny. I got a response this morning from a guy in London who I had written about something, and it was an automatic reply that said, right now I'm in the middle of such a massive project that I'm checking my email once a week. Wow. Because what I'm doing is so vitally important to the future of my business. And you know what? I saw that, and I got it. I thought, well, okay, good for him. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah, he's working on something that's really pivotal for the future of his business. But but he had, you know, and he just sent me an automated reply. but I do think it's important to decide in advance. For example, I'm not going to check email first thing in the morning. I'm, I'm not going to check it before 10 o'clock. Or, or it could work for you to say, I'm going to check email very first thing, get it out of my head, and then I, then I don't have to worry that there are things that, that I'm not taking care of. Here's the thing. We all work most effectively in very different ways. Right. And I think part of sim- the, the the beauty of simplicity is to really get in touch with works, what works best for me. But a big, big part of it is learning to say no. There's incredible power in learning what to say no to. Warren Buffett said the difference between very successful people and successful people is that very successful people say no to almost everything. Mm-hmm. And what he means by that is they understand their priorities. They understand the difference between a priority and a distraction. Right. And they act well, on them. Again, I, I you you uh used a couple of really important words there and, and you know when I said important and non important down the left, you know, I think I would add a third one and put it at the top and that's pivotal, right? What what is oh, pivotal yeah. to to what you're doing? And again I think people confuse priority with urgent because they're not the same thing at all urgent is is time sensitivity but not even you you can have non-important things that are urgent uh or or they're important to somebody else like you know my husband left town on monday and he wanted me to take care of something that involved me going to our bank and then to another bank where we've got our health care savings account and then taking care of something that he just didn't have time to do and in the big scheme of things for me, it was absolutely not pivotal. It was not yeah. important compared to everything I had to do. But it became urgent because of who made the request. Again, I, you know, my, my life as his wife is to make his life easier so he can be successful in his sales career and to not have him have to worry about trivial things. Uh-huh. Um, but again, it, it raises an importance based on your priorities in your life, and he's a huge priority in my life. Sure. And and yeah, I can tell you that in the big scheme of things, going to pick up a bunch of barbecue and French fries and coleslaw at two o'clock today and taking it over to the football team so that they can all be, you know, uh, you know, filled 
uh, early enough that they uh, you know, can still play effectively at 7 o'clock tonight. Again, not pivotal in my business life, but my son is very, very important to me, and his team is undefeated, and I want to help him stay that way. <laughs> Yeah, and see, I, I tend to have those same priorities. And, again, I'm not saying everybody else's priorities should be what, what mine are, but I recently uh, realized that I had planned to leave on the morning of uh, a very important day to our youngest daughter. It's not her birthday. It's mm-hmm. an adoptive parents will understand this phrase. Oh, yeah. It's her gotcha day. I've the, got one of those, too. My son well, was adopted from Russia. Well, our youngest daughter was adopted from China, and I realized realized that uh, this business trip was going to take me out of town on her gotcha day. Well, I went through, jumped through all sorts of hoops to rearrange the business trip because guess what? It's more important. It just is. Uh, And so I think I think part of simplicity is understanding, getting clarity. And that's a huge word. Clarity, here's another one of my favorite words, and being intentional about these things that you have already decided, whether it's personal, well, it's personal and business. They're going to be different, you know, different sets of priorities. But you have decided in advance, I know what matters most in my life on these different fronts, and I will make spot decisions accordingly. Right. But you 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 establish some guidance for making these decisions, and it takes that the work of thinking through what really matters to me. Absolutely, and Joe, one of the other things that you mention in the book are are seven simple truths that that can help us guide us in our decision making about these things. Can you share those with us? Yeah, it's just these things that that have been helpful to me and I've seen be very helpful to others. Uh, And it's just seven ideas that will kind of keep us on track. And the first one is possibly the most basic. I call it the gold standard, which is quite simply, I keep my promises. Uh, I'll do what I promised to be able to say, you can count on me and, and that people know that you deliver on what you promised that you would do. And in the book I say there is no value that is simpler or more powerful than keeping your promises. Mm -hmm. And I think that's true both in business and in our lives, Um, keeping keeping your promise. The, The second one is not getting stuck in what used to work which is the, the old idea of avoiding the trap of complacency. And, oh, my gosh, I mean, it's become a cliche, but it's a cliche because it's true. We okay. simply cannot, um, we cannot trust that what, what well, to, to quote another very popular book title, what got you here won't get you there. Right, um, right. The things that made us successful up to this point, we have to constantly reexamine so that we don't get stuck in doing something that worked two years ago, but it may not work now at all. Um, Right, or it was the area where you were most successful. And and this is is my largest uh, issue with the travel industry is, you know, we have had many, many, many companies become billion-dollar companies in our industry. Uh, And and so one would think, wow, you know, we have penetrated this market. 
but our, the travel industry has focused almost exclusively on the air traveler as opposed yep. to those who drive by car. And here in the U.S., 89% of all travel is by car, not by oh air. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And the other thing is everybody knows, you know, that you go to a travel agency or you go to an online travel site or, or directly to a travel supplier when you're taking a business trip and when you're going on vacation or, or having a getaway. And one would believe from, from the way the industry is structured that those things represented the, the mass market of travel. Well, i got to tell you, vacation is 8% of all trips and business travel is 25%, which means there's 67% of the other trips that don't have anything to do with that. But the status quo in this case, getting stuck in what used to work, is where uh, the technology companies in our industry are. It's where, where all the major players are, you know, whether it's a, a traditional travel agent or, or going all the way up to, again, the suppliers and the online players. So that, you know, that one's a huge one with me. And it's, it's, it's the downside of, of experience. Because, I mean, how many times do we hear somebody say, no, no, don't explain this business to me. I've been in this business for 30 years. <laughs> I've been around this block. Yeah, but the That's block right. that you've been around is, is obsolete. The block that you've been around has disappeared. I'll, I'll tell audiences sometimes, I'll say, let me just tell you guys how good I am at what <laughs> I do. I can compete. I can compete and win in markets that no longer exist. Right? And so can you, and so can everybody else. But those markets have changed. And what you were talking about is an absolutely uh, just a, a perfect example of that. You know, one of the things, one of, one of the seven, uh, seven ideas is, win, is to win inside the box, to win on the basics. But here's the key, Jackie. The, the definition of what comprises the basics constantly changes. Uh, our, our customers' expectations and definition of what they expect from us constantly changes. Well, so, ask any taxi driver now almost anywhere in the world about that as it relates to what Uber did in completely dismantling an industry that you know had just a stranglehold on anybody who didn't rent a car. And you know what? Here's Here's one of my favorite lessons from Uber because people go, wow, ooh, Uber, it's the most cutting-edge disruptor in the world. Yeah, and you know what they did? I want everybody to think about this for a second. Here's what Uber did. They made it easier to get a ride. <laughs> yes. Yeah, think that wasn't it. even three rules of simplicity. It was one. I'm telling you, if you can make – I'll give this advice to everybody listening, and I give it to myself every day. If you can make something simpler, easier, then, <laughs> then I'm telling you, you can own your market. If you can be the one that makes something easier and or simpler, if you can be easier to do business with, yes. uh, if you've got an organization, if you can make it easier for the departments within your organization to do business with each other, that's a big, big deal, uh, particularly in today's marketplace. So what are some of the other truths? You've given us three. The gold standard of keeping your promise, not getting stuck in what used to work, the status yeah, quo okay. and, and the downside of experience, and then this whole issue of, of what constitutes the basics and, and how do you win. So yeah, what's one, next? 
one one of them is actually a companion piece to don't get stuck, which is to be better tomorrow than you were today. And nothing gets more lip service than the idea of continuous improvement. Everybody on the planet believes in it. Oh, my mm-hmm. gosh, yeah, we've got to get better. We get better every day. And I say, do you really? Well, what did you do last Wednesday that made you better than you were on Tuesday? And that's when they go, oh, Wednesday. Oh, wait a minute. We were slammed on Wednesday. We were so busy on Wednesday. Well, but wait a second. You just told me that you believe in getting better every day. And that's something that really takes intention and work. And we could do a whole other program <laughs> on the idea of getting better. Here's, let me move on to the other rules. Uh, one is the phrase I use is expect to connect. Uh, and and it, and what that's talking about is quite simply being intentional about creating um, positive, constructive relationships. And I believe that the quality of your life can improve dramatically. Well, let me make it about me. I'll speak from my experience. The quality of my life improved dramatically when I made a, a conscious decision to actually connect with people and not just go through my day letting other people be a blur. And you know the simplest way in the world to do that is eye contact. I make eye contact with the cashier at the grocery store. I make eye contact with that Uber driver. And I pay attention to the people that I'm emailing with, that I'm on the phone with. You know, we spend so much of our lives when the other person is talking thinking about what our response is going to be mm-hmm. instead of listening. I mean, really listening, but there is nothing more powerful, certainly in business and come on in our personal lives too. There's nothing more powerful than truly hearing and understanding the other person. So that's one of the rules. Right. The, and uh, you know, that that one is uh, perhaps the biggest driver for me. I've I've been working, you know, I've I've had my consulting firm for 20 years now. Yeah. And through the bulk of that time, the work that I do is done remotely. And I do, you know, on occasion get to be in the client offices, but you know, quite often it's for the launch meeting and then you go off and do your thing and you know, you have some interim phone calls and then you come at the end and and you know, present your findings. Yep. And right now in my technology company, I'm working with a lot of different people to, to move things forward, but I don't have any employees and I'm still working from home. And I cannot wait to get into an office. And it's because of what you just said, that when you actually can look at someone, you you do pay more attention than if you're on the phone on a conference call and different people are talking and you know, you're looking at email and texting your kid and, you know, whatever, uh, yeah. everything but paying attention. And so I, I really am craving, you know, that, that one-on-one relationship and the momentum that you can get from that interaction. It's, there's nothing more powerful than relationships. And I've reached a point uh, in my life where I'm old enough to totally get it that, for me, nothing is more important than relationships. Mm-hmm. That's it. Rule number six, I'll tell you what it is, then I want, I'll read something from, from this section. Rule number six is uh, be, be you. We haven't seen that. Let me read you just a brief passage. The trick is to figure out what you're all about and run with it. Forget about who you think you're supposed to be. Mm. Who are you? 
stop trying to be some idealized version of somebody else. Now, I wrote this part before the current election, but it says, if you're trying to be Donald Trump, Lady Gaga, Martha Stewart, or Warren Buffett, give it up. It's already been done by the originals. We've already seen what they can do. Be you. We haven't seen that. Which is just this idea that you're perfectly fabulous just the way you are. Be the essence of you. And then the seventh and and final rule, Chicky, is something that I learned from a guy that I worked with a million years ago. And it's quite simply this. Whatever happens is normal. And what that means is the unexpected, uh, it may be unexpected, but unexpected things are normal. When I go to the airport and a flight's been canceled, look, I travel all the time. Canceled flights, I don't like them, but come on, they're perfectly normal. And people that deal with the unexpected and deal with change uh, effectively and deal with things that aren't great effectively are the ones that have decided that, you know, stuff happens. Life throws us surprises. And I'm not going to get torn up every way imaginable when life throws me another surprise. I'm going to decide in advance that the unexpected is normal. Get on with it. Right. And I want to back up just for a minute to, to the one about being you and, sure. and the, the core of that thought because um, I, I've just written um, a book, and, and I know you know Bob Berg. When, when I first read oh. Bob's um, allegorical novel, The Go-Giver, uh, yeah. that uh, he and John David Mann wrote, um, I was so impacted by that book. And, and I, I had this dream that you know has lasted, gosh, it's, I think it's been almost 10 years since they wrote it. Uh, that I wanted to write an allegorical business novel, which you know took the truths that I had learned largely through these interviews on the radio show of, of the things that are necessary to make a company successful. And, and one of them is not only being you, but letting other people be them, because yes. I believe it's the backstories that quite often don't get shared um, that really help you bond and connect. Uh, yesterday, um, I had a, a business dinner, and so my son had to go over um, to the home of the people who we ride share with after football practice. And uh, they have a son in his grade, you know, it worked out great. But they also have an older daughter who's in her 20s, uh, and she is autistic. And she yeah. is uh, very low functioning. And so, you know, I, I think that this family, you know, kind of is hesitant about, you know, having people over. And uh, but Sergey has been over there uh, in the past. So uh, when but when I picked him up last night, uh, the sister was having a, a fit, very very loud. I could hear her from outside the house. Yeah. And uh, you know uh, Sergey, you know, looked a little embarrassed, but um, you know he he came out with me, and and you know the parents were actually smiling, which I I think is just a, an amazing picture of the grace that they have been given yep. uh, to deal with their stressful situation. But my son said to me, Mom. My opinion of Matthew just went through the roof that he yeah. deals with this and that he's able to have such a normal life, right, and still smile. And, uh, you know, I just thought, wow. Now that he knows, I mean, he knew Matthew had a sister, but, like, he had never been exposed to it. And so when you really can let other people be who they are 
and, and to not have to hide things that, you know, maybe they might be embarrassed about. Um, I think that that's a, a real, um, well, it gets back to what you were saying about there's nothing more powerful than a relationship. And if you're hiding things from each other because you think you should keep your personal life completely separate from your business life or, you know, or what, whatever those boxes are that you've created around you. Um, anyway, so thank you for listening. Well, well listen, I, I love that. And let me tell you something that I learned from a good friend of mine. He passed on. This is one of my favorite questions in the world to ask other people. I have my audiences do it with each other to shift the mood in the room before I mm-hmm. get into my speech. I have them find somebody that they don't know or that they haven't talked to that day and ask each other and then answer this question. What do you love to do away from work? Mm-hmm. Because we always talk about work, but when you ask somebody what they love to do away from work, number one, they start to smile, they light up, and they'll tell you about their grandchildren or some charity that they're involved with. Yeah. Or they're, they're, they love to go fly fishing in Montana, and it completely shifts the relationship in 30 seconds. Mm. Just to get, it's like you were saying, just to kind of look behind the curtain. And, and of course, to even go deeper is to start to, to learn about the challenges that people have. And, and the, you know, the things... It's things like what do you love to do away from work or to get to the point where we can spend, not that you would ask somebody this question, but you would start to get insight into what do you worry about? Right. Because we start to find common ground, this humanity that we all share that can be so relationship strengthening and changing when we, as or my, my interpretation of what you're saying is, to get beyond the surface, and I love the idea of the backstory. That's powerful. Right, right, absolutely. And you know, I, I mean, I, I just think so often um, we don't we don't share ourselves. And and one of the foundations of this show, in fact, this this show used to be. It's I had a couple of different brand names. We started out with Solutions Live, and I think I, I you were one of the very first people that I interviewed on that show back in 2009. And then um, we changed to the Executive Girlfriends Group because I really felt a need to reach out to executive women who Uh uh, needed an outlet. And I called it the Executive Girlfriends Group for a reason. And and people would say, well, you know, that doesn't sound, you know, very businesslike. And I said, well, that's, that's on purpose because... We are the mixture of everything that that we do, and you know if I you know happen to you know scream at my son for something that he hasn't done or that he did do that I didn't want him to do, and then I walk into a a conference call, I'm bringing that with me, whether I want to exactly or not. and yes. and so we need a way to be able to do that so so that has been, you know, really, really foundational for me. So, and, and stuff does happen in every aspect of our lives. Um, so we've got just a few minutes left, um, and, yeah. and we've got the last two things I, I want, want you to get out, but unfortunately we're not going to have time to talk about them, which is perfect because now they can go and buy your book and actually read them all. <laughs> well, and the thing is, it's, uh, I, I tell people, I say, you can, you can read this book on one airplane flight, and I'm really kind of talking about a flight from uh, Milwaukee to Chicago. Right. <laughs> I mean, you can. It's a it's a little book. I've never written a book like this before, but it's really easy to read, and uh, it, it's a it's a very different kind of format. 
And uh, I'm getting good feedback. People seem to like it, which mm. makes me very happy. Well, um, what I would like to do then, Joe, is just to give you the opportunity to tell folks how they can get in touch with you. I know you, you uh, do a lot of public speaking so that you can come into corporations who are interested in having you as a keynote. Uh, you certainly still do consulting. Uh, so what's the best way for them to reach you? Yeah, and they can also d d take a look at the books here, and, and they can order the books uh, from my website, but they can order it through whoever they want to, be it Amazon or right. Barnes & Noble. But my website is quite simply my name. It is joecalloway.com, and Callaway is spelled C-A-L-L-O-W-A-Y. We've got a great blog on there that's not just me, but uh, lots of other people jump into the, the blog action on my site. And uh, there, the, if they go to the videos page and go to the bottom, there are 21 short videos that they can download for free. Oh, wow. Happy for them to have those. So, yeah, we got a lot of fun stuff going on on the site. And, again, it's just, and it, all of the, everything about my speaking is on there. It's just joecalloway.com. Fabulous. Well, Joe, it has just been uh, amazing. It went by too fast, and uh, you know I can't believe it's already been seven years since I first in, uh, interviewed you on, on our show. Yeah. But uh, it was great to have you back, and uh, I definitely will stay in touch. And, and I'm actually very interested in the work that you are doing with entrepreneurs, so I will make sure that I get in touch with you directly about that. Wonderful. So, again, thank you so, so much uh, for being with us today, and I hope you have a fabulous, fabulous weekend. Thank uh, you. I will. Hey, today, today's my birthday. You remember oh, my present. Oh, happy birthday. <laughs> I'm surprised that didn't show up on my calendar. Well, this well, has been, this has been a, a wonderful birthday present to get to talk with you. So thank oh, you for well, that. Thank you so, so much, and I've really enjoyed it as well. And, and for those who are listening, if you want to learn more about the Game Changer Network, it is simply thegamechanger.network, and we're going to be announcing some really fun stuff uh, that is going to occur in 2017. We're introducing something called the Executive Villages, and we're doing them you know, topically, regionally, and even by industry, and the travel industry is the first one that we're actually launching. So, uh, so excited uh, to have had you join us today. And uh, I'm going to close this a little bit differently today. Go out and find your three things to keep it simple and still change the game. Thanks so much for joining us. You've been listening to The Game Changer. Ideas. Inspiration. Innovation. With Chickie Fitzgerald. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.